Safety Net Studio presents. Talking movies with Brian Lataki. And here we go. Here's Brian Lataki. You can do it. Hello, friends, and welcome to Talking Movies. I'm Brian Lataki, and today we seek vengeance with Jason Statham's The Beekeeper. This is private property. Do you know what they do here? Scamming the weakest in our society. Buddy, I'm counting to three. One, two, three. There, I did it for you. No, you can't. I'm going to burn this place to the ground. You're telling me one man did this. The only thing you know is he's a beekeeper. A beekeeper, a beekeeper? Well, that's not good. Beekeepers is a special program outside the chain of command. I protect the hive. When the system is out of balance, I correct it. We have laws for these things. Until they fail, then you have me. One man's brutal campaign for vengeance takes on national stakes after he is revealed to be a former operative of a powerful and clandestine organization known as Beekeepers. Written by Kurt Wimmer and directed by David Ayer, The Beekeeper stars Jason Statham as Adam Clay, Emmy Raver-Lampman as Agent Verona Parker, Bobby Nadiri as Agent Matt Wiley, Josh Hutcherson as Derek Danforth, and features Jeremy Irons, David Witz, Michael Epp, Taylor James, Felicia Rashad, Gemma Redgrave, and Minnie Driver. I feel it's pretty safe to say that by this point, you've probably seen a Jason Statham movie, right? And whether he was chasing a Meg, transporting something, being expendable, or cranked up, we all know what to expect when Statham hits the screen. A grumbly, raspy voice, a nice suit, and some serious butt-kicking. But when the trailer of The Beekeeper hit, I knew that given the right day and time, The Beekeeper would either be something that hits just right, or was a terrible way of time. Story-wise, The Beekeeper does have a pretty cool story. It's nothing new, mind you, but the formula it follows is one that works for a more mindless type action movie. It's The Equalizer, but starring Jason Statham instead of Denzel. A retired black ops soldier is retired before someone messes with his inner circle, and he must now come out of that retirement in order to exact his revenge. It's formulaic, but these movies can also be a ton of fun. Acting-wise, it's a pretty mixed bag. Jason Statham is, of course, Jason Statham, so if you like them, you know exactly what you're gonna get. Jeremy Irons does well, as does Felicia Rashad with their limited screen times, but the best actor in this movie is actually the Hunger Games' Josh Hutcherson. Maybe it's because I wasn't expecting him to be the villain when the credits for this movie started and his name popped up, or maybe he is just believable as a functional addict exploiting society. Either way, he does a really good job. Unfortunately in this movie, for every good or decent actor, you get some bad apples, or at least decent actors working off of a not so great script. A ton of dialogue in this movie is downright terrible, but the incredible action sequences tend to scoot the rating back up just a smidge. Overall, The Beekeeper is a very predictable movie with a mediocre script that made a weak lemonade out of the lemons that it was given. It's pretty fun to watch for its 1 hour and 
45-minute runtime and opens a new world of espionage and action for Statham that they could use down the road. I would not be shocked in the least at the announcement of a Beekeeper 2 or To Be or Not To Be with twos instead of the word two. You go ahead and use that if you want, David Ayer. I would definitely go and watch that film. The reality that we're in is that we're at the start of the lull of new high-quality projects that you would expect to kick off the new year with from studios due to the long-lasting strikes in Hollywood. If you want something to keep you entertained while you sit in the theater, I do think that The Beekeeper will do just that, especially if you already enjoy Statham's movies. I give The Beekeeper a B-. New year, new you, so get rid of that mop and get cleaned up right. Nick and the team at Swish Barbershop at 844 St. Mary's Road are ready to line you up and make you look your best. Walk-ins are welcome, or you can visit my barber by booking today at boybarbernick.com. And be sure to check out their new location, located at the University of Manitoba at 65 Chancellor Circle. I've just been handed an urgent news story. Cannonball! Let's get into movie news you can use, and let's start it off with some rotating release dates. 20th Century Studios has officially announced that Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is moving to May 10th in order to avoid competing with Mad Max Fury Road's prequel, Furiosa. Furiosa will stay on its release date of May 24th and will compete with the Garfield movie starring Chris Pratt, while Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes will compete against the Amy Winehouse biopic Back to Black, as well as Sony's horror comedy, Horrorscope. It was also announced that Bong Joon-ho's upcoming sci-fi film Mickey 17 starring Robert Pattinson has been completely removed from the release schedule, and it didn't take long before Godzilla X-Kong The New Empire jumped in and shifted their release date from April 12th to the now-vacant March 29th. According to Deadline, the reason for Mickey 17's change is due to shifts in production amidst last year's strikes, and a new release date should be announced soon. Godzilla X-Kong will have very little competition in the theaters, although it will hit theaters just a week after the release of Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. In casting news, it was announced that Selena Gomez has signed on to star in a Linda Ronstadt biopic that also has David O. Russell attached to direct. Back in 2019, a documentary was released titled Linda Ronstadt The Sound of My Voice, which won the Best Music Film Grammy, and it was announced that the producer of that project, James Keach, as well as Ronstadt's manager, John Boylan, are both on board as producers for this project. In other casting news, it was announced that Nick Frost has signed on to join the How to Train Your Dragon live-action remake, playing the character that he voiced, Gobber the Belch. Over at Deadline, it was being reported that John Krasinski and Natalie Portman have both signed on to Guy Ritchie's newest film titled Fountain of Youth. It's said to involve two estranged siblings who partner on a global heist to find the mythological Fountain of Youth. They must use their knowledge of history to follow clues on an epic adventure that will change their lives and possibly lead to immortality. Deadline went on to say that this is from a first-look partnership between Apple and Skydance Media and will be produced by Skydance's David Ellison, Dana Goldberg, and Don Granger. In whatever the opposite of casting is, it was announced that Hollywood heartthrob Pedro Pascal may need to drop out of the barbarian director Zach Kreger's next film titled Weapons in order to play Reed Richards in the upcoming Fantastic Four film. According to entertainment industry scooper Jeff Snyder on his The In Snyder 
website, Pascal has already made the move to drop out of the film and is due to report to the season two set of HBO's The Last of Us in February. The synopsis of Weapons is currently unknown, but the project is believed to revolve around the disappearance of high schoolers in a small town and will be an interrelated multi-store horror epic tonally in the vein of Paul Thomas Anderson's Magnolia. It was also announced that David Gordon Green, the man behind The Exorcist Believer, has stepped away from the project and the project has now been removed from the upcoming release schedule. The Exorcist Deceiver was originally slated to hit theaters on April 18th of 2025, but being removed, it's now believed is being done in order for Universal and Blumhouse to search for a new director. In other upcoming projects, it was announced that Danny Boyle and Alex Garland, the team behind 28 Days Later, are pairing up again in order to make the long-awaited 28 Years Later a new sequel which is expected to be shopped to studios, streamers, and other potential buyers in just a few days. The Hollywood Reporter is stating that Boyle will direct 28 Years Later with the hope that it could launch a new trilogy. Garland is expected to write all three movies with the budget of each expected to be around $75 million. 28 Days Later starred Killian Murphy as Jim, a bicycle courier who awakens from a coma to discover that a rage virus has spread throughout the country, causing a total societal collapse. It was followed up by 28 Weeks Later, where Boyle and Garland served only as executive producers. Deadline is reporting that Paramount is actively developing another new Star Trek movie, this time expected to be a prequel. Plot details are being kept under wraps, but Deadline is stating that this is a prequel that will take place decades before the events of the 2009 film. It's also announced that Star Wars and/or director Toby Haynes is on board to helm the project, with Seth Graham Smith writing the script and J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot producing. Deadline also went on to say that Star Trek IV with the Abrams crew is still in active development, but Deadline is calling it the final chapter of the main series. Warner Brothers has announced that Tom Cruise will get back into the pilot seat as Top Gun 3 is officially a go. I feel the need, the need for speed. According to Puck, a sequel to 2022's theater-saving thrill ride Top Gun Mavericks is in the works, with Tom Cruise reprising his role as Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell, and likely returns of Lieutenant Bradley Rooster Bradshaw, played by Miles Teller, and Lieutenant Jake Hangman Saracen, played by Glenn Powell. Sources say that plans for the film have been in work since the fall, which shouldn't come as a surprise, considering the success that Top Gun Maverick had. Top Gun Maverick earned $1.493 billion worldwide, making it the second highest grossing film of 2022 and the highest grossing of Tom Cruise's entire career. You've been hit by a smooth Lionsgate and Universal Pictures International have announced that the official release date for Michael, the upcoming Michael Jackson biopic directed by Anton Fuqua, will release on April 18th of 2025. The studios also announced that production has officially begun on Michael, with principal photography set to kick off on January 22nd. Michael will bring audiences a riveting and honest portrayal of the brilliant yet complicated man who became the king of pop. The film presents his triumphs and tragedies on an epic cinematic scale, from his human side and personal struggles to his undeniable creative genius, exemplified by his most iconic performances. As never before, audiences will experience an inside look into one of the most influential trailblazing artists the world has ever known. Moving to the small screen, we're just a couple of weeks away from season 12 of Curb Your Enthusiasm, and HBO Max has released its first official trailer. Have you noticed that when you take a picture, you don't look nearly as good as you do when you look in the mirror? Because the mirror is how you see yourself and the photo is how you're seeing them. That's deep. Whether I'm right 
According to the Hollywood Reporter, the 10-episode final season continues to see David as an over-the-top version of himself navigating his social and professional life in Hollywood. The show will feature its returning cast, including Jeff Garland, Susie Essman, Cheryl Hines, J.B. Smoove, Richard Lewis, Ted Danson, Vince Vaughn, and Tracy Ullman. While doing promotions recently for the upcoming DC Universe, James Gunn has revealed that he's actively still writing Peacemaker Season 2 while he's in prep for Superman Legacy and hinted that Peacemaker will shift into the DCU. Gunn said, quote, you'll have to wait and see how that works out. He was then asked why he doesn't make a different show instead of risking confusion with the shift between universes, and he answered, quote, because it's my favorite thing to do, it's the biggest original Max show ever, and I have a way in. It won't be confusing. Peacemaker starred John Cena and acted as a spinoff from the DCEU film The Suicide Squad that Gunn made as a part of the DCEU. Cena was joined by Danielle Brooks, Freddie Stroma, Chikwudi Awuji, Jennifer Holland, Steve Agee, and Robert Patrick. Peacemaker also featured one of the greatest opening credits that this guy has ever seen. Surprising news out of Max is that Our Flag Means Death has been cancelled after just two seasons. Series creator David Jenkins himself was surprised after he had previously said that he only had three seasons in mind for the entire show. A Max representative in a statement said, quote, while Max will not be moving forward with the third season of Our Flag Means Death, we are so proud of the joyous, hilarious, and heartfelt stories that creator David Jenkins, Taika Waititi, Reese Darby, Garrett Bash, Dan Halstead, Adam Stein, Antoine Duelli, and the entire superb cast and crew brought to life. We also thank the dedicated fans who embraced these stories and built a gorgeous, inclusive community surrounding the show. Our Flag Means Death was set in the early 18th century during the Golden Age of Piracy and followed the misadventures of gentleman pirate Steed Bonnet, played by Reese Darby, and his crew aboard the Revenge as a
as they try to make a name for themselves as pirates until they cross paths with famed pirate Captain Blackbeard, played by Taika Waititi. Over at Netflix, it was announced that the Liam Hemsworth-led The Witcher Season 4 will now feature Lawrence Fishburne playing a character named Regis. The Regis character was introduced in Andrzej Sapkowski's novel Baptism of Fire and is a worldwide barber-slash-surgeon with a mysterious past who joins Geralt on his journey in Season 4. Hemsworth and Fishburne will be reunited with Witcher stars Freya Allen, Anya Chalotra, and Joey Beatty. Over in the land of NBC, Deadline is reporting that the Office creator Greg Daniels is meeting with writers this week to discuss potential ideas about an Office spinoff. According to Deadline, Daniels is saying that this new project could find another documentary crew exploring a different subject or really any plot and setting and could offer small roles or cameos for past favorites from The Office. Over at ABC, it has been announced that Freddie Highmore's The Good Doctor will come to an end with Season 7. The Good Doctor stars Highmore as an autistic surgeon who overcomes personal and professional hurdles while working at San Jose St. Bonaventure Hospital. Season 7 premieres on ABC on February 20th. In television casting news, The Last of Us, which is starting to film in Vancouver this month, has announced that Caitlin Dever from Booksmart No One Will Save You will play the role of Abby Anderson, the character from the video game The Last of Us Part 2. Showrunners Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann made the announcement and gave the Hollywood Reporter the following statement. Our casting process for season two has been identical to season one. We look for world-class actors who embody the souls of the characters in the source material. Nothing matters more than talent, and we're thrilled to have an acclaimed performer like Caitlin join Pedro Bella and the rest of our family. Abby is a skilled soldier whose black and white view of the world is challenged as she seeks vengeance for those she loved. It was also announced that Isabella Merced, whose previous credits include Dora and the Lost City of Gold and Sweet Girl, has also signed on to The Last of Us Season 2 and will be playing Dina, Ellie's new romantic interest, who is described as a freewheeling spirit whose devotion to Ellie will be tested by the brutality of the world they inhabit. And we're not done yet. It was announced that young Mazzino, who played Paul Cho in the Emmy Award-winning Netflix series Beef, will be playing the character of Jesse, a pillar of his community who puts everyone else's need before his own, sometimes at terrible cost. Over at Disney, it's being reported that both Eldon Henson and Deborah Ann Wool will be reprising their characters from the original Daredevil series of Foggy Nelson and Karen Page. Henson and Wool join Charlie Cox returning as Matt Murdock, aka Daredevil, and walk into a production in a little bit of shambles. Back in October, it was announced that Dario Scartapane had stepped down as the showrunner after the studio had recognized changes had to be made and enacting them, causing a number of reshoots. Daredevil Born Again is planned for a 2025 release, putting it in the current Phase 5 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Disney also announced via Lucasfilm that The Mandalorian and Grogu's Adventure will move to the silver screen with the official announcement of the new film titled The Mandalorian and Grogu. It was also announced that the project would be directed by Jon Favreau, who said, quote, I have loved telling stories set in the rich world that George Lucas created. The prospect of bringing The Mandalorian and his apprentice Grogu to the big screen is extremely exciting. Kathleen Kennedy, the president of Lucasfilm, added, quote, John Favreau and Dave Filoni have ushered into Star Wars two new and beloved characters, and this new story is a perfect fit for the big screen. Lucasfilm also announced ongoing films from Charmaine Obeid Shinoy, James Mangold, and Dave Filoni, who is also currently developing Ahsoka Season 2. Charmaine Obeid Shinoy's upcoming Ray film goes into production on April 7th, 2024 in Los Angeles, while James 
Mangold's film will go back to the dawn of the Jedi, and Dave Filoni's will focus on the New Republic and close out the interconnected stories that were told in The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, and other Disney Plus series. And finally, we end today with the announcement that the SAG Awards have officially released their nominations. According to Variety, the 30th Annual Screen Actors Guild Awards Ceremony will stream live globally on Netflix for the first time as a part of their multi-year deal. Some of the nominations include Outstanding Performance by a Cast in a Motion Picture featuring American Fiction, Barbie, The Color Purple, Killers of the Flower Moon, and Oppenheimer. Outstanding Performance by a Female Actor in a Leading Role, which is Annette Benning in Nead, Lily Gladstone in Killers of the Flower Moon, Carrie Mulligan in Maestro, Margot Robbie in Barbie, Emma Stone in Poor Things. Outstanding Performance by a Male Actor in a Leading Role of Bradley Cooper in Maestro, Coleman Domingo in Rustin, Paul Giamatti in The Holdovers, Killian Murphy in Oppenheimer, and Jeffrey Wright in American Fiction. An outstanding action performance by a stunt ensemble in a motion picture, Barbie, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, John Wick Chapter 4, and Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. The new year is here, so if you need to plan a get-together, why not try something a little bit different? At Killer Noob Escapes at 740B Century Street, we offer the city's only two-hour escape experience, starting with Part 1, The Fun House, followed by Part 2, The Upstairs. We also feature a two-person room called Buried Alive. Hold your gathering in our private dining room for free if you book Part 1 and 2, while being surrounded by the screams of Puddles' victims. Book today at KillerNoobEscapes.com. That's it for this episode of Talking Movies. Follow me on social media at TalkingMoviesPC and download full-length episodes on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And as always, I protect the hive. When the system is out of balance, I correct it. Correct it.